Good morning. No, seriously, good morning. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. We are worshiping Jesus Christ. We are living out the Father, God's love, and we are transforming community by the, by the Holy Spirit. Uh, first out of the gate, correction. Um, I emailed yesterday that Meet Your Deacons was next Sunday, but it's actually the following Sunday. It's February 26th. If everybody, anybody got that email, it's just complicated because I was looking at the calendar and my wife is a deacon, so things get blurred together. You know, there was a, it said deacons next week, and I was thinking, oh, that's meet your deacon Sunday. It's not. It, there's a deacons meeting, so if you're a deacon, there's a meeting afterwards next uh, Sunday. Um, we have, we had a celebration of, of life and ministry of Jeannie Sager yesterday. Choir blew the roof off. And it was just a, a, an amazing moment of pausing and praising the Lord for Jeannie. We have one later today over at Harbor Lawns at 12.30 for Kay Deer. Um, so please join us over there celebrate her life and ministry. And then we have another one on the 20th. And that's at 11 right back here. Um, and that's for Virginia Murphy. So, a lot of mourning, a lot of hurting, but also a lot of celebrating, because these were amazing women of the Lord. They're amazing saints, and we have a lot to be grateful for. Um, any other announcements that I need, I need to make? Let me think. It's Amy Moreno's birthday a couple days ago. It's Sean Morris' 30th birthday today. Uh, it's also Erica Farless's birthday today. And uh, maybe you can play the podcast. And, and uh, that doesn't work. Um, I think that's about it on the announcements. I'm glad you're here. Have I said that? Yes. Have I? I, I think I'm, I, yeah, well, I am glad you're here. And I'm glad to be here too. Let's stand. And I got a call to worship at Psalm 119. And I'm going to read the first two verses out of the King James Version. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek God with the whole heart. Let's seek God with the whole heart this morning and worship him and him alone.
There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves. Where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the Flood this 
this place and feel the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Good morning. Hello, I'm Simon. I teach uh, Sunday school for the junior hires here at PCC. And I wanted to let you know what we've been learning about. Uh, recently, we learned about God's omnipresence, how he was with Joseph in the bottom of a pit, and he was with Joseph in uh, prison in Egypt, and he was with Joseph when uh, Joseph was a ruler in Egypt. And God is with each of us all the time, wherever we go. Um, today, we're learning about uh, God is justice. Um, justice is when you get anyone, when anyone gets what they've earned, when there's a fair transaction. That's justice. And God loves justice. He put, and he put a love for justice in each of our hearts. The problem is, I've done bad things. I've earned bad things. That's the law. Jesus says in his Sermon on the Mount, Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. So, I've done bad things and I've earned bad things like punishment and death for myself. Jesus took on all those bad things for himself, satisfying justice and um, satisfying justice, and, and he conquered death. And that's mercy, and that is love. Anyway. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> And kids and youth, you're dismissed. You may be wondering why we didn't bring up the kids and the youth. It's because we're looking into live streaming. And eventually, if that happens, it's best idea to not to have them on screen. So that's why I just wanted to explain that. We're just moving and stuff around, too. In the first letter of John, we read, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. We know that we sin. Trusting in God's mercy, let us confess our sin against God and neighbor. Gracious God, you have saved us and called us to be your ministers of love and warmth in this hurting world. Forgive us when we do not minister in your name. Sometimes we say we are way too busy. 
when we really know this is just an excuse. Other times, we do not believe we are good enough for certain tasks of caring. Sometimes we are scared we will do or say the wrong thing. And sometimes we just don't want to be bothered. We give of ourselves and our substance grudgingly. Forgive us for our poor response to you. Calm our troubled hearts and take away our needless fears that we may be your faithful presence in this world. Help us to understand that if you call us to do a task, you will give us all we need to do it. Help us to boldly reach out to spread your goodness. We pray in the name of Christ who loved us with his whole self. (coughs) Amen. The prophet Isaiah reminds us, that just as a mother cannot forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child in her womb, neither can God forget us, God's own children. The good news is this. We are loved, accepted, and forgiven. We are welcomed home again and again. Receive that good news and live in peace. Amen. Stand. for today is called With All My Heart. It's written by Joe Rainey and he used as words Psalm number 9. I will praise you Lord with all my heart. I will tell you of all your wonders. I will rejoice in you.
Beautiful. We're in a series on Ephesians, and like I said last week, it's just thoroughly been encouraging to prepare for these sermons and deliver them. It's just an amazing letter. Paul in prison, writing this this church in Ephesus, this letter. Um, We've been learning about how God's plan was to create a new humanity. It was just a part of the resurrection plan, like Simon was talking about. Um, And now we're turning a corner where Paul describes this new humanity. And uh, this week we're going to be looking at um, what is this new humanity? What does it look like? And next week, um, we'll be given more, like, how to live in this new humanity. Um, The text, Ephesians 4, starting in verse 1, and I'll read the first 16 verses. And I think there's, yeah, there it is. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the body, of, of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit just as you were called to the one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and some teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building up and building itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. Join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit. 
You've made us into this new humanity. I pray that you would teach us this morning something new about each other, something new about you. I pray that my words would be forgotten, your words would penetrate the hardest of hearts, even my own, and change us forever. And all God's people said, first couple verses unity depends on the charity of our conduct John Stott says these are five foundational stones of our unity humility gentleness those are paired together in this new humanity we are called to be humble. We are called to be gentle with one another. We're called to have patience with one another. We're called to Bear with one another. Some translations say that forbearing. Patience and forbearing go together. So humility and gentleness. Who's someone humble? Who's someone gentle? That comes to mind. Because a lot of times when Paul calls us to these things, I've been watching a lot of rock climbing shows. Is anybody with me or no? No, there's an HBO show on, uh, called Climbing. It's the guy, Jason Momoa, that huge dude, became really good friends with the best climber in the world, and they gave away 100000 bucks. And there's been the documentary. Did anybody see Free Solo? No? Mike, Mike Chase did. <laughs> I saw it in the theaters, and I almost threw up. Honestly, it makes you that anxious. This guy, he, he climbs El Capitan in Yosemite without any ropes. And they film it. And at one point, his thumb is the only thing holding him onto the side of this mountain into this little thing. And you're just like, I, was, I, I almost started weeping like a little baby and like jumping into my chair. Um, this has nothing to do with humility or gentleness. This has to do with when Paul gives us these handholds. I think they're like handholds. They're like, how do, we, how do we live into this new humanity that, can, that engulfs all of Judaism, all of Gentiles, was as Christ as king. How do you live into that? He says it starts with getting low. I tell you, that's one of the... My heart breaks at how arrogant the church is. How everyone in here has the way, including myself, He calls us to this and he says, you need to be humble. Get over yourself. 
You need to be gentle. Who pops in your mind when you think gentle? Jesus. Yeah, that's a really good one. <laughs> You're a better Christian than me, Brian. Everybody knew that anyway. You were an amazing singer, too, yesterday. Thank you for doing that. Um, I think of my grandma. I think of the way that when I was a kid, you know, I was always ADHD. I was always a little crazy. I was always breaking stuff. Um, I remember my grandma, Peggy, just putting her hand on me. I remember my dad being furious. My mom didn't know what the heck to do, but she would just put her hand on me, and it would slow me down. Um, Paul saying, we as this new humanity, we're humble, we're gentle, we're patient. We have to wait. We have to wait for other people to understand. Bearing with one another. And then it's all in love. And like we said last week, the ethic of this new humanity is love. We'll speak a little bit more of that. that. Next couple verses, verses 3 through 6, we find out that our unity is rooted in the unity of God. The triune God is the source, His very being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That unity is, is the source, is the is the foundation of our unity. I, w- I read an interesting quote that of this Stott commentary. Um, he says this. He was talking, he, he's writing about how there's different churches planting and there's churches splitting and how that's a misconception. Um, you can no more multiply churches than you can multiply gods. Is there only one God? Then he has only one church. Is the unity of God inviolable? Then so is the unity of the church. The unity of the church is as indestructible as the unity of God. It is no more possible to split the church than it is possible to split the Godhead. That's what those texts... But it's interesting. His next thing. He says our unity is... In God himself. There is one Lord. There's one church, one body, all that. He's he's laying it on thick. But then he says, make every effort. Make every effort. And there's an imperative there. It's urgent. It's now. It's immediate. It's very important. Make every effort. 
to unite the church. Wait a second. (laughs) I'm having a dilemma here. God just told us, or Paul just told us, that the church can't be split, can't be disunified. But then he says, make every effort that the church be united. The theologians or the commentary people gave me a, just a way to understand this. Let's picture there's a family. You got a father, a mother, a daughter, and a son. And there's a huge church fight. Which holiday is it over? We can be a part of the story. <laughs> Which holiday is it about? Maybe Christmas, Thanksgiving? Just take a pick. And one of these Thanksgivings, one of these Christmases, the family just gets in a fight on masks versus no masks. Vax versus no vax. And they split up. Even the, mother, the father and the mother. They go to different parts of the country. The kids go to different parts of the world. Is it still a family? Right? That helps me. There's so many, there's 800 different types of Baptist. That's crazy, right? But Paul is saying the truth is there's not even Baptist, there's not even Presbyterian, there's not even Methodist, there's the church. And he's saying, make every effort to bring peace. To bring peace amongst all these, I would say visibly, it looks like they're split. So there's a visible and then there's a true. And he says, notice that the true is we're one united church. The visible is really important to your testimony. Make every effort to bring peace and bring the church invisible into the visible world as we see it now. And he goes on. And he says, unity is enriched by the diversity of our gifts in verses 7 through 12. Can I get an amen? Thank God we're not all the same, right? It's enriched. Everybody in here has a part to play. Has a piece of the mosaic. Do you remember? I think it was Mark Lackey. He did a children's message, and did he hand up? I think he handed out puzzle pieces. Do you remember that? That's this. Make sure you're here today. That's you. You have a really important part to play in this new humanity. 
And then he, he goes theological on us. He goes, he talks about Christ's descent. Um, and different commentaries fall on different sides of what this is about. Um, some think it's talking about Jesus emptying himself and coming down to this world. Some tie it to another confusing passage in First Peter where he, it says he goes and ministers to the, the devil or the angels or something in, two, in 319. Who's got a Bible? Open up First Peter 319. Marcia, you got it already? Stevie? And that's where we also get the Apostles' Creed. Then he descended into hell, you know, like where we say that. You can fall on either side of it. Because the text is not abundantly clear what he's talking about. He either went and ministered to those that are in First Peter. I think that's almost an argument for purgatory, but we don't even know what that... It's just confusing as all get out. And then you can, he, could, he, he could be talking about just Jesus emptying himself and becoming one of us, um, which ties in the ant... The ant illustration of uh, Sharon several uh, weeks ago, months ago. It was the first day of the year, I think. Christmas. It was Christmas. Remember when she handed out the ants? And we're all ants. Anyway, Jesus emptied him, God emptied himself into this little ant. Anyway, um, either way, I think the point's the same. Humiliation. Humiliation versus exaltation he was brought low that he could ultimately be brought higher than any bringing us with him us as this new humanity and then it's really important to just point out um, where do the gifts come from yeah grace they're given to each of us. And the Greek word for uh, gifts is charismata, um, which is weird because it has charis in it. Charis is grace. Um, but charismata, that's where you get charismatic, which is a misuse of the word because we're all charismatic. We're all gifted. Right? Brian Sitch sings like an angel. Yeah. Nestor? Our resident luchador, he can do double suplexes on people. Uh, <laughs> we got clothing designers. We got people that take care of people. There's all these different gifts. What are their gifts for? Where are they from? They're from grace. They're from God himself. They're extremely varied. We learned that in, in First Corinthians. Uh, what are they for? They're for building up the body of Christ.
end of sentence, double period, end of statement. What does that say? Do you have a gift? Hopefully I don't need that paper. Do you have a gift? Yes or no? Yes, absolutely. I told you that earlier. Paul told you that earlier. We're all a piece of this puzzle. If you don't share it, what's wrong? I get robbed. The person next to you gets robbed. It's, it's not for you. Your gift is for us. Your gift is for this new humanity. So the next time you say, ah, I kind of don't want to be involved with that, think about that for a second. Who loses out? I do. We do. This body does. All right, we'll keep cruising. I did need this piece of paper. I'm really glad I picked it up. Extremely varied. Gifts are from God. They're from grace, through grace. They're for uniting us. They're for building up us in this body of Christ. And then he turns the corner and says, Unity demands, demands maturity of growth. When's the last time somebody told you, hey, grow up? Some of you older folk probably haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> right? But me as your pastor, I've seen your bickering. I've seen your getting t- torn away by tangents. And I'm here to tell you, even through Paul, and Paul's older than me, grow up. It's good to have faith like a kid. But I want some grown-ups around here. In this new humanity, it requires you to not get lost in the weeds, but make the main thing the main thing. I want someone in this room to memorize the book of Ephesians. There's laughter, right? I don't think there should be. You guys have all kinds of crazy things memorized. Right? What's something you've memorized that's crazy? Gettysburg Address. Paul raises the bar this morning. In this new humanity, grow up. Make the main thing the main thing. Get serious about loving strangers. Get serious about inviting people into this journey. Get serious and like a grown-up, about organizing your schedule and putting him first. Right? And then he ends. Um, Actually, one other thing. In verse 13 where he says, come um, to the unity 
and other translations say attain. Literally, the Greek, he's saying grow up, but he's saying it in a personal way. Come to meet. Katanto ao. Sounds Native American when I said it right there. But katan, kata, katanta nano. I'm, I'm terrible right now at my Greek, but uh, that means literally to come and meet. Come and meet in your unity. Come and meet God the head. And he says, don't be tossed to and fro. And then he says, speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. This is a start again. Speaking the truth in love is not the best rendering of this expression. For the Greek verb makes no reference to our speech. Literally, it means truthing. Truthing in love. And includes the notions of maintaining, living, and doing the truth. Thank God there are those in the contemporary church who are determined at all costs to defend and uphold God's revealed truth. But sometimes they are conspicuously lacking in love. When they think they smell heresy, their nose begins to twitch, their muscles ripple, and the light of battle enters their eyes. They seem to enjoy nothing more than to fight. Others make the opposite mistake. They are determined at all costs to maintain and exhibit brotherly love. But in order to do so, are prepared even to sacrifice the central truths of revelation. Truth becomes hard if it, if, if it is not softened by love. Love becomes soft if it is not strengthened by truth. I'll repeat that. Truth becomes hard if it is not softened by love. Love becomes soft if it is not strengthened by truth. Which are you? If I were to draw the line... Are you walking around with God's baseball bat of truth just beating the heck out of people? (laughs) Are you so love without truth that you've strayed from Jesus the Christ and the fact that Simon was telling the truth in justice we demand punishment or we deserve punishment, but by the grace of God, we don't get it. We get the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ, right? And then he, he ends the whole, the, the whole deal, and he talks about tendons and that kind of jazz. Um, His intention is not to teach us about the human body. But it's to teach us 
that the, this new humanity, it needs two things to grow. And specifically, it needs two things to grow into this maturity that he's, that he's ending on. And that's truth, and that's love. How do we apply this? We apply this first. Those foundation stones. Humility. Gentleness. Notice, I kind of left out. He almost says, earn this. Like, like, he says at the beginning of the text. Live a life worthy of what God has done for you through Jesus Christ. Remember Saving Private Ryan? Anybody seen that movie? Come on, people. You had like 20 years to see that thing. Remember, it's about Private Ryan. He's the last of his sons. And they send a troop over there led by Tom Hanks to go get him and bring him back. And Tom Hanks, I think, even dies in it, the character. And he says right before that to Ryan, he says, earn this. All these soldiers gave their life for you. You go back into America and live a life of freedom, earning the sacrifice of these men that gave their lives to save you. That's almost the same thing Paul's saying here. Jesus laid down his life, living a life worthy of that. And then how do you do that? These stones, these handholds. Write them somewhere. This, hopefully this isn't the last time you see this text this week. Open your Bibles. Grow up. Open your Bibles. Maybe write these places. And I was going to give everybody stones. I was actually going to team up with Steve and say, hey, give me 50 or 60 stones because he, he loves making stuff. But then I thought of that Dodgers game. Do you remember when they gave all the people baseballs? And then they started to lose, and everybody started throwing the baseballs at the baseball players? Total L.A. <laughs> I didn't want to get pelted with rocks, so I didn't give you guys rocks. But somewhere in your house or somewhere in your life, write down these things. Say out loud, humble Humble me, Lord. Make me more gentle. Give me patience. And then list all those love stretchers in your life. Give me patience for... Put their names in. Help me bear with my brothers and sisters. All of it in love then I could, the, once again, how many people are in this room? One. Cling to that truth. Keep stirring it around. Any of us in here are low? We all get low. Any of us in here get some major reward? Like, speaking of rewards, Danny's in the Super Bowl pregame show. He's playing Don Shula in this uh, Fox Sports 
commercial slash mini movie. So keep your eye out. Or if you TiVo'd it. I don't know if TiVo's even exist. But anyway, Danny's, Danny's getting a victory. We all celebrate with Danny, right? Somebody wanted to clap? Let's clap. Podcast will hear it. Danny will hear it. Um, recognize, oh, and then make every effort to unite that, this church. And unite the church, capital C. Hang out with brothers and sisters over at the Baptist place. Celebrate their victories. The crossing. Baptist church has got a new pastor. Yeah. Pray for that dude. Find out his name on the World Wide Web. Recognize that the people to your right and the people to your left aren't like you. And praise God for that truth. God has some gifted folks in here. God has some gifted folks in here. Don't hide it under a bushel. Bring your gifts and share them with each other. And then I'll end on grow up. Grow up in truth and in love. And if you fall on the truth side, try and do some loving things this next week. Write some people some notes. Write some people some some I'm sorry's. Maybe you came on too strong with the truth bat, you know? And if you fall on the love side, get in your word. Find out about the truth of what God says. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, you do unite us as one God. You make us into this new humanity. And I pray that you would uh, humble us, make us gentle with one another, give us patience for one another, bearing with one another, all of it in love. Help us to play our part in bringing peace and uniting your church, capital C. We recognize that our gifts do vary, and we praise you for the smorgasbord of beautiful gifts that you've given each of us. Help us to build up your body. Build up, better yet, build up your body through us. We ask all of this in Jesus, the Son of God's name. And all God's people said, let's sing the bond of love.
Edson's going to grab the offering for us, and I'm going to pray for it. But if any of you weren't at the annual meeting, we budgeted last year 80000 in the red, and we ended 65 in the black, 65000 in the black. So God took care of us last year. This year, we budgeted for 120 in the red, knowing that we have a safety net of the COVID money from the government. That if we, if we, yeah, if we, if we don't live up to this budget and don't tighten or whatever, if we don't cut any corners and God doesn't start providing, we got a safety net, so we're not going to fall into more debt. But we're stepping out in faith. And we're praying that God would start flourishing. We have this whole vision plan. I think we got care down. Y'all love each other. And that has nothing to do with me as your pastor. That's a Holy Spirit, God-driven. Boom, this is a tight-knit community. If we don't do something, if we don't flourish, if we don't start something new... We're going to be in some trouble. That's just honest. But I'm going to praise God for how he's taking care of us. And I'm going to pray over this offering. And if you're listening on the podcast, you send your offering, tithes, gifts to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we thank you for providing. You've never let us down before. And I don't think you're going to ever. It might look different than what we're thinking, but you are a God that provides. You're the God of Jacob, God of David. You are the Heavenly Father of our Lord's Savior, Jesus the Christ. And through him, we are adopted into your family. You are our Father. We thank you, thank you, thank you for blessing us each and every day, each and every moment. We hand these offerings back to you knowing they're just a portion of what you've given us. But we praise you for taking care of us and we pray that you would continue to do so. And all God's people said, please stand with me and sing the doxology. Paul reminds us in Romans 8, for in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes in what one already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it in patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness 
for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with groanings too deep for words. Please pray with me. Merciful, loving, and everlasting God, thank you for the hope that we have in you. Thank you for your ever-presence in our lives, even in our weakness when we do not know how to pray. Lord, the devastation in Turkey and Syria is too horrific to imagine. Even in spite of all the images seared into our minds from watching the news, the horror of it all, the suffering physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually seems too much to bear. And so our hearts groan to you. How can our meager prayers from thousands of miles away be the least bit effective? Your word reminds us that you do indeed hear our prayers and act. And so, Father, we pray. We pray for the more than 28,000 souls that have lost their lives. Have mercy on them, O God. We pray for their grieving friends and family. Comfort them and make your presence known. We pray for your healing on those injured and rescued from the rubble, that medical supplies and attention would be available. We pray for those alive in the region, scared and displaced. Lord, provide shelter. Calm their nerves with your soothing presence. Remove any roadblocks for food, clothes, and aid to reach those in need quickly. Thank you for the fast-acting international community who sent search and rescue teams into Turkey within the first crucial 48 hours. We pray for your hand of blessing and safety on all the aid workers, including the team deployed from Los Angeles. Lord, we pray that in the midst of this horror, you would be ever-present to those in need, making yourself known to those who do not yet know you. And Father, as awful as the situation is in Turkey, it is likely much worse in Syria due to the political forces keeping out aid. We pray for your hand of mercy and strength for those in Syria with little help and little hope. May you be their hope and strength. Bend the wills of those in charge to let international aid in to help their citizens cope and recover. Lord, you are ever-present, even in our times of need. Merciful Lord, we need you here with us too. Many in our church are suffering with their own ailments and troubles. Be with each one according to their need. Comfort and help them, and use us to support each other as you created your church to be. We pray for your hand of healing and care on Sam Allen, Dorothy Ceccarini, Jim Clark, Gwen Conway, 
Charlotte DeMott, Patty Ernest, Buzz Coslin, and Louis Lindsay. And we pray for your comfort for the families and friends of Ginny Sager, Kay Deer, Bev and Dwayne Tolbert, and Virginia Murphy's family. Gracious Father, may each one of feel your loving presence with them. For those who are sick, give their doctors wisdom in their care plan and touch each one of our loved ones with a fresh indwelling of your Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name. We continue praying as you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please stand and join us for our final hymn, They'll know that we are Christians by our love.
and our truth. No, yeah. They'll know our Christians by our love. That's right. That's our testimony. I just had a picture of everybody holding hands just leaving this place. That's, we would walk side by side. We could dig a hole together. I don't know what. Uh, uh, know that you're loved by God. Know that this is one place where we are gentle, we are humble, we are patient, we are forbearing with one another, and it's all wrapped in love. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you, and may the peace of Christ, the shalom of Christ, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.